Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. Here with my co-host, Coach Manchie from Kimberly. Kimberly, big win last night. Big win last night. Got her done. Brian, it was an incredible atmosphere. I bet you there was over 5,000 people, but it's just great. You know, homecoming, you know, two great teams, two very well-coached teams, great communities, you know, fan base, administrative support. It's just, it's so fun to let, you know, and watch those kids compete in those type of environments. I mean, there's nothing better than, in my opinion, Brian, Friday night under the lights. Yeah. And just that, that, that awesome positive feeling of, you know, kids in school, things are back to normal, you know, that excitement, that homecoming parents, you know, just putting so much time and making these events very special for their sons and daughters. And it's, it's just awesome to see. Well, I think what's really cool to see too across our state, Dean, is there's a lot of parody. You, you know what I mean? You, you know, in, in, I just looked at Travis Wilson, put a tweet out, uh, would have been Saturday morning um, saying that, you know, there's two games, you know, two teams play up in your area. Um, you know, they're both undefeated. So obviously one team will get beat. And then there's a team from our area that, you know, has a game. So there could only be two division one teams in, in the state of Wisconsin that are undefeated at the end of the year. And that, I don't think that's happened for a long time. Typically there's, you know, five or six teams and, you know, that they go through. I mean, the parody this year is awesome. And I think, you know, I see a couple areas for that, Dean. Obviously, I think our coaches in our state are doing an incredible job. You know, I spoke at the high school coaches convention and there's so many of our, our state coaches that are there that are getting better, that are sharpening their edge, um, things like that. But I also think that the playing fields are starting to get more level with how the training is. I mean, coaches are starting to get more educated. Schools are starting, you know, if they don't have a designated person like you, they're starting to bring, you know, people like us in, you know, to educate their coaches and kudos to the schools for doing that because you're giving your kids more opportunities. Um, You're giving them better opportunities and it's really good for all the sports. I mean, we're talking football now because that's the season we're in, but it's great for all the sports. There's a lot of parity in our state and it's awesome. One other thing I'd like to just give a good shout out to Brian is, you know, those referees, I know there's such a shortage, you know, in the state and in the nation with referees and, you know, they're kind of those people behind the scenes that, you know, make these athletic contests, you know, what they are. And so I really appreciate that. We had an incredible crew on last night. I thought they did a very, very good job. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, all they're hearing is the negativity all the time from coaches and from fans and, you know, we couldn't have this opportunity to have this athletics without these people. So just a shout out to all those referees out there. I know you don't do it for the money. You're, you're doing it to give back. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of people and we got to get more younger people involved with the referee. And it seems like a lot of the crews are a lot of the older people. And hopefully we can get some younger people and keep that thing rolling because as we know, high school athletics is so special. When you start to think about referees, Dean, and I thought about this the other night because I was watching a game, and there's usually probably about 70 plays on offense, 70 plays on defense, right? Special teams, about 10 plays. So you got about 150 plays in a football game. And what do people consistently do? They complain about the one or two missed calls in a game. Okay. Think about it the other way. That's 148 calls that they get right. That's that's a 99-plus percent rate. Okay, so 
I, last time I checked, and I haven't been in school system for quite a while, Dean, but 99% is an A+. Plus. So, you know, when you start to think about the human element that goes into this, all the things these guys have to watch and, and ladies that have to watch because uh, there's an incredible group of females now that are doing officiating in all different sports. Um, these people need your respect. And you have to understand that they're doing the best job they can. No one's trying to like give another team a competitive advantage. Um, they're just out there because they love it. And, and in our area, we've had to have games moved to Thursday because of the referee shortage. So guys are roughing, you know, Thursday nights and Friday nights. Um, so thank you guys for the, for the sacrifice and, and whatnot. And Dean, I know, you know, not to, not to change the subject real quick, but I know there's a, there's a coach um, in the Wausau area you want to give a quick shout out to. So why don't you do that quick and then we'll hit our first topic. Yeah, just exciting news. You know, we just saw at D.C. Everest High School, you know, where Wayne Stefanagan is obviously uh, one of the legendary coaches <laughs> there. And uh, Wayne was a friend of mine. We always were in contact with each other and just had the utmost respect for that D.C. Everest football program. But they're building a $35 million facility with 120 yards of turf and 70 yards you know, by 120 by 70 yards. So that's just incredible. I think that'll be the first one in the state. And 33 million was just from donors in that area. So that's another thing. You know, we have to really appreciate people in the community, businesses in the community that do so much for athletics and they understand the importance of, we're not talking just one sport, but how indoor facilities have really been the evolution of high schools in the state of Wisconsin. A lot of it's just due to the weather. I mean, DC Everest, you're up north more at Walsall area. And, you know, it's just being utilized by all different types of things. I know our band uses ours and, you know, it's been used for educational purposes, such as ACT testing and, you know, all this kind of different stuff. So it's just an incredible thing to see that people are behind these type of things. And Scott, Rasmussen, who coaches, he's the director of strength and conditioning up there, just does an good extremely guy. good job. But I just want to give a shout out to him. I know he's an avid podcast listener, and they're doing great things up in that area. So very exciting for that school district, that community. Yeah, I think his Instagram handle is DC, DCE Strength or something like that. Everybody should follow yes. it. They, they put some really good stuff out there. Um, Dino, before we hit our, our topics of, of on Darren Charles and, and Jacob Kisting, I mean, we'd be remiss obviously to not talk about a, a football scenario that, that happened in our state here. Um, and that's the, the firing of coach Christ, um, the hiring of Jim Leonard. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different emotions that I have on, on this topic. Um, you know, I've, I've said it to many people that have asked me and, um, you know, working at Wisconsin, that doesn't privy me to inside information and, and all the other things that, that I think, the, the everyday fan thinks that, that I have, what, what strikes me is, you know, I, I, I helped Chris McIntosh out a little bit when he was uh, playing with the Seahawks, you know, I got there at Wisconsin afterwards. So I, I've got a relationship with him. I, I work with his kids, you know, in our Verona location. Um, I know his wife. Um, obviously I think my relationship with, with Paul Christ has been documented fairly well for, the things that we were able to do uh, when we were at Wisconsin together um, and some other things. And we've carried on a great relationship um, for 15, 20 years. And, you know, if I had to say, 
you know, the third guy involved, Jim Leonard, I, I would guess that I might've been the first person he met when he set foot on campus, you know, as you know, they come into the weight room. That's the first person they meet. He was a walk-on and I've had a relationship with him for 20 years. And, you know, I don't want to get into my opinion on, on what I feel this and that, but I want to tell this to everybody. These are three good men that have the heart and soul of Wisconsin football in their blood. They have families that are incredible families. Um, so people need to think about that before you put some bullshit thing on social media. And excuse my language, but it, it pains me to watch some of our fan base sometimes um, just attack these guys up and down. Um, I think I, I would love, Dean, and I've thought about this, to create a reality show where coaches could do this to fans, where they could go and watch them work and, and, you know, not know the other 57 hours that you put in throughout the week. And that's a real small amount. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, college coaches and administrators are putting in 70 to 80 hours, probably a week in their job. Um, and you get to see three hours of it on a Saturday afternoon. So these guys, you, you know, Chris is in a new role. Um, Jim's been at, at the university as a player and a coach. You know, Paul's given seven years of his life to this program. Um, I think the message that I really want to send is as Wisconsin fans, we need to be grateful of what we have in Wisconsin football. Um, is it perfect? No. Are there things that need to be changed? I, I, I think so, yes. And I think that everybody, you know, wants to do what's best for the, for the program. But my message is, you know, these are men that, are, that give everything they can to these athletes. And we need to have, they, they deserve your respect as a, as a fan. All three of them deserve your respect. Do they make the right choices all the time? No. Are, are, are things done in a way that maybe I don't agree with and that, you know, other people No. but they're the ones that are, that are in those roles. They've earned the right to be in those roles. And, you know, we need to give those people their respect and understand that there are families that are involved in these decisions. And these are not easy decisions. And so, you know, I don't know if Paul listens. I don't know if Jimmy listens. Um, Coach Chris, you, you've, you've done so much for my career. Uh, opportunities that you fought for to give me when you were a coordinator um, with some other individuals that gave me the opportunity to develop the philosophies that has molded sports advantage. Those things that, that we did with those offensive linemen and tight ends and quarterbacks are the, that's the foundation of what sports advantage is. Sports advantage is pretty damn good. Um, I'd say we're the best in the state and I'll stand behind that. The, the opportunities that that man gave me when I was at Wisconsin allowed me to form that. Um, I've worked with Jim Leonard. Um, there, there, there's very few players that have it. You know, everybody wants to throw that around. Jimmy has it. Um, and so as sad as I am for the scenario, for coach, you know, and his family, because um, they're, they're a Madison family. I'm, I'm also very happy for Jim. Um, I know he's going to do everything he can to continue the legacy of Wisconsin football, and that's going to bowl games, winning bowl games, um, competing for a Big Ten championship. Um, if you think that, you know, um, that that's easy, um, get your resume out because it's not very easy. So I just wanted to, I, I wanted to put that out there because I have really strong emotions 
this week watching it happen to people that I care about and that, that are my friends and um, that I consider incredible leaders of men. Brian, the only thing I'll say is I know I don't have quite the relationship, obviously, or the experiences that you had with those three incredible men that you mentioned, but you know, uh, we've had athletes that have gone on and play at Wisconsin and, you know, I've never heard a negative word about any of those three individuals and they are Wisconsin through and through. So um, those people that coach uh, Chris has been an unbelievable family man and uh, the way he's represented this Wisconsin program has been top notch and, and that will continue obviously with Jimmy, but um, just an incredible guy. Coach Chris was, and uh, we appreciate everything that he has done for this state of Wisconsin and, and for uh, Wisconsin football. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to Darren Charles, dog. Um, Darren Charles obviously was on a couple of weeks ago. Um, just just incredible energy, right, Dino? I mean, D.C. Is, has always been a guy that's had a great personality, um, but you could just see that he really is in a good place in life. Uh, he feels good about the things that he's doing. And we're ultra happy for a guy like that. You know, he talked about the value that he learned playing multiple sports and, and changing which sports were his main focus. Um, and so you saw that firsthand, Dean, um, you know, where he, uh, you know, I think he talked about being a baseball player and then obviously basketball because of his height and his athleticism. So maybe you could share a little bit on, on just some of that and why kids shouldn't limit themselves. I think that's a huge um, problem right now is that all of a sudden, you know, sixth and seventh graders, you know, we see this in baseball that, you know, they're throwing high seventies and Holy smokes are going to be pitching the big leagues and they totally quit doing everything else. And they don't understand that there's still six or seven more years of, of middle school and high school and growth and development and other kids getting better and, and things that you consider. And so shutting off those other opportunities too early um, is a big mistake as a young athlete. Yes, DC, first of all, shout out to him because he's just an incredible person. And, you know, the situation he was in and to become the person that he is, has just been an unbelievable experience. You know, I've mentioned before previously that he's the best high school athlete that I had an opportunity to coach. Yeah. Just a, a phenom is what I would say is as far as an athletic situation with him. But more importantly, I'm so proud of him of what he has done post his athletic career. And that really is the, the person that he has become. But one thing with Darren is Darren always, from young on, has always enjoyed that opportunity to compete. And, you know, building those relationships with coaches and with his classmates, you know, his friends, meeting other friends from different schools. I think, you know, so much of that is overlooked when we think of athletics. And Darren just definitely took advantage of that. And he had an opportunity, he played different sports. And I think for him, it was just about competing, playing the sports, being with friends. It was an outlet from, you know, his situation, you know, his, his childhood, because he didn't have a father figure, you know, was raised, raised solely by his mom and he had two other brothers. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but, you know, he really took advice from adults, especially male figures in his life that really, you know, he could have been like, you know, I, I love basketball and I'm just going to play basketball, but he had people around him giving him great advice. Yes. And I think nowadays we don't see that so much. And especially if people are getting out in certain situations, I think a lot of coaches get greedy and they want them just to play 
one individual sport and, and they want to take credit for that person's success. And they want to kind of give those little fibs or those lies saying, hey, you have to play your sport all year round in order to be good. And Darren was a great example. He told you if, if he would have done that, he wouldn't have been the athlete he is today, even in the sport that he loved the most. And right. that sport was basketball at first, but it changed. And Darren really quickly figured out, yeah, I'm six, 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 seven. But you know what? This NBA dream I had at a younger age, I would have been a guard. I would have been a shooting guard. And all his life, he was that postman. He was that big man opportunity. He saw some things that I could get further in my athletic career if I chose a different avenue in a sport that I wasn't solely you know, excited about early. However, as he got better and the things that he learned from that sport, that is what he saw a better opportunity for his future. And he took advantage of that and ended up getting a full scholarship from the University of Wisconsin. And that's, Brian, where you met him. And I know yeah. you and I were obviously really good friends. And it was just kind of a, a perfect storm in that he came from a high school situation where he had lots of good male role models because we had so many good coaches that really had Darren's best interest. And then we hand him off to a program like Wisconsin, in which obviously that's where you took off with him. And talk about 18 years old, he graduates, his birthday's in May. And what did he say? September, you're on ABC national yeah. television. And what a difference that is from playing high school football and being put in that situation as a true freshman. Oh yeah. It is difficult. And you've seen that before. And obviously you made that transition so much easier for him. But after he's graduated now, he really has been in a situation that he's thanking you like crazy because that was a very difficult situation. Well, I think it leads into our other topic we want to talk about, Darren, um, is obviously growing up in a single parent, you know, household. And, you know, when we grew up, Dean, that was, that was very rare. You know what I mean? Um, it was very rare. And, you know, you, it's becoming more prevalent in, in all of society. And, you know, growing up in a single parent household, um, whether your dad is the, the single parent or the mom, you know, you have to also rely on some outside sources for insight. And I think that's where coaches become a huge factor in athletes' lives. You can impact these athletes. You can have a, a huge, uh, a great relationship with the athletes, building trust. Um, because a lot of times high school kids, it's hard to, in today's day and age, Dean, you know, kids don't talk to their parents about as much as they used to. You know what I mean? They want to keep everything in the social media age, they things like that. But coaches, that's where you guys can come in is you can be that, that person of trust for the athlete. Now that also falls with responsibility. You can't ever break their trust. You know, if an athlete comes to you with some problems that they may be having um, you know, you have to, you know, listen and, and, and be a vessel for them. Um, but you can't break that trust. And, you know, I can, uh, you know, my kid's situation, Dean, wasn't the same as Darren's because obviously um, both myself and, and, you know, their mother are very involved in their lives. But, you know, our kids went through a scenario where we got divorced and they're going back and forth in two different households. And, um, you know, 
two days they're with their mom, two days they're with me. On the weekend, they're with every other person. Um, you know, you're dealing with, um, you know, a lot of different scenarios, you know, new people in your parents' lives. And, um, you know, I, obviously I got remarried, which was an incredible decision for me. Um, and I think all these people, whether they're coaches, teachers, uh, any any anything like that, and I'm really trying to figure the words out here that I want to say out here, is I mean they play such a huge role in these athletes' life, and we can't um, we can't downplay that because quite honestly, like at, at a practice, Dean, a football coach is spending three hours, two and a half hours with a kid. Well, by the time the kid gets home on a school day, they're only spending two hours with their parents. So you're spending as much time with these athletes as parents are a lot of times. And it's just really important coaches that we take that role as a mentor for these young people that we live what we preach. You know, you can't preach like I would be a fraud if I preached consistency, relentless effort and ownership to our athletes at sports advantage. And I didn't live by that code. And so, you know, coaches, um, you know, just think about that as, as you're leading some of these young men and women through this and understand what they're going through. You know, that's where build, building relationships with your kids is so important because if you don't have a relationship with, with all your athletes, you, don't under, you, you may not even know that they're from a single parent family. And so understanding that, thinking about what they're going through is so important. And, and that trust is something huge to build uh, with your kids. You know, shout out to DC's mom. I know yeah. it was a very difficult situation for her. There's a lot of our probably listeners that probably are out in that same situation, but the kudo I will give the DC's mom is she knew that it was very difficult to be in her situation. And she loved Darren and her son so much that she trusted the coaches and she took that advantage of having that male role figure to help her make intelligent decisions for Darren's future. And I think, you know, people, parents got to be very open when they develop that coaching connection and they just have to make sure that they build that relationship and understand that coaches don't coach for the money. They're coaching for a bigger purpose. It's not all about not this level. Not at What's this that? Level. Not at this level, not at our level. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, they're, they're trying to do everything they can because the big picture is what kind of person is Darren going to end up being once he graduates from high school. It's about preparing him to be obviously the person that he has become right now. So you must, you know, parents reach out and support the coaches. And, you know, I, again, we're so pro coaches because we've coached at all kinds of levels, youth levels, high school levels, obviously college levels as well. And you have to understand that there's so much behind the scenes that goes into coaching. Parents, don't be the person that's backstabbing the coaches. Be the parent that is supporting the coaches because if you support the coach, the coach is even gonna go out of his way even more than he currently does or she does to make it even a better situation for your son or daughter. And athletes, this is a message for you. If you're in a scenario where you're in a single parent home or a divorce, support your parents, you know what I mean? Understand, and this should go for all kids, right? Your parents are doing the best job they can. You know, no one wants to provide a, a poor life or, or poor circumstances. 
things come up, things happen. Be supportive. You know what I mean? Be, be a, a problem solver versus a problem creator in your household kids. Okay. Um, you know, you're not going to get to do every single thing that you want to do every single day. That's life. That's reality. Okay. And if you grow up thinking that you should be able to do every single thing that you want, whenever you want to do it, um, that's really not reality and how life works. Okay. The other thing, Brian, is, you know, I was a situation, my parents got divorced when I was going into my sophomore year and parents understand it is difficult for kids to be in those situations. I don't care what you say. I don't care how great the parents are of trying to make it work. But if you're in that situation, parents, all your parent listeners out there, you have to understand that fighting, you know, and playing a side is only going to make it more difficult for the person that you love the most. And that's your son or daughter. So please, as bad as a situation occurs, you have to get on the same page and try to make it work the best you humanly possibly can. Because it does affect kids. I've been teaching for 28 years. I don't <laughs> care what you say. It affects student athletes. And it affects not only their physical health, but their mental health more than anything. And the parents that I've seen that have made this thing work and that have put bygones, be bygones away and understand we have to move forward now. Them are the situations that best benefit those student athletes. So keep that in mind, parents, as tough as it can be. And obviously my situation, there was no divorce there. My kids had, you know, a mother and a father and and kids weren't being shuffled like in your situation, but I'm trusting you from my experience, it affects kids. And please think of doing it right because we all, our prized possessions are our own kids. And if the best we can do and make it work is going to be a better scenario for that student athlete, Brian. And you, you can't let the kids get involved in, in parental problems. That's huge. Yep. You, you know what I mean? You, you know, they don't need to be involved in discussions about finances and money back and forth and all that other stuff, you know, and some people do that and some of us don't, you know, it's not that that's not something that I ever wanted to, you know, a privy my children to, you know, because that's not something they need to know. You know what I mean? They, they don't need to know, you know, what's being paid for this, who's doing this, um, all that other stuff. What they need to know is that they've got a father and a mother that love them and that they do anything for them and that they're doing the best they can. And Brian, obviously you and I are such great friends, but kudos to you because I know the sacrifices you make as a father to attend you know, your son's athletic events and not only athletic events, but all type of different events. And it's hard. You're running a business. I understand the hours that you put in. I mean, there is not a time of the day that I'm calling you and you're not doing something to help sports advantage become better. And, you know, parents out there, you have to understand it might seem like a grind because I'm starting to hear, oh, we're going this weekend. We're going here. We're traveling here. We're, you know, it's costing this. But trust me, as a parent that his kids have gone through, it's that time's going to fly. Everybody right. thinks you need more. T- everybody has a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. Right. And enjoy that process and understand your sons or daughters will really appreciate it someday, your support and you being there for them and letting them know you're proud of them 
that they got great effort and you're you're making a, a very positive experience and understand the big picture. You lose a game, it's not the end of the world. Right. It's not the end of the world and try to make it a, a very pleasant experience because we have this conversation all the time when I talk to coaches and a lot of times it looks like high school athletes aren't having fun. And I think nowadays a lot of them aren't having fun because they're playing all year round. They're kind of getting burnt out and you putting that extra stress on your son or daughter is only going to make things worse. So understand the big picture, get out there, support them, tell them you're proud of them, control the controllables and make it a great situation. And understand the big picture is we want these kids to learn all the life lessons that athletics is going to teach them. Dog, we should be divorce counselors. We'd be great at this. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that was, you know, I think that's something that hits us both, you know, because, you know, you went through it as a, as an athlete and I went through it as a, as a dad, you know, and, and those are real life scenarios, everybody. And that's, that's the way it is, but you, you have to get through it. You have to work together. Um, you know, they say, you know, raising, a ch uh, raising kids is a, takes a, takes a village and it does, you know, everybody's a part of it. And so, you know, embrace Embrace the opportunity to have your kids and involved in multiple things with multiple leaders that may be telling them things that are different than what you're telling them that may resonate with your kids. And that's okay. Okay. Cause we all don't have all the answers. All right. Moving forward to Mr. Kisting edge baseball, Jacob Kisting, Bradley university of Bradley. Um, you know, and Jacob talked about how important competing was, you know, we asked him what his favorite sport was and he didn't really give us like a defined answer. It was more, he just wanted to be out there doing something and he wanted to compete, you know, and that goes back to when we grew up, you know, in the fall, it was football season in the, in the winter is basketball for me. And the, in the spring, it was baseball. And in the summer, you kind of did a little bit of this and that, but you just went season to season. You just competed. And that's a real old school mentality, right? Dino. It's an old school mentality, but it's a mentality you know, that I love because, you know, when I talk to really young kids, you know, coaches, kids, and, you know, they're in that, you know, that elementary age. And I ask them, Hey, what's your favorite sport? And a lot of them just say, well, I love football when it's football season. I love basketball when it's basketball season. And I love baseball when it's baseball season or whatever. It's so fun to see them so excited to just be able to compete. And then as they get older, you don't get that answer it's right away while well, it's my best sport is football or my best sport is basketball or whatever that situation that they're in. So where does that kind of change? And I love it. Just when I went in from one sport to the next, it was just, yes, it's flip the switch and hit the other one. And let's learn from the, the, the coaches now, cause I'm kind of sick of the coaches that, you know, I've been yeah. hearing stuff for the whole Same fall, voices. Now going yeah. to basketball and now I'm hearing it different. Now I got some new teammates, some I got some teammates that I played football together with, et cetera. So it just continues to move on. And it's just kind of like the seasons right now. You know, we're getting into fall. Fall, I just love the excitement of Friday night under the lights. The leaves are dropping right now. It's getting colder. You're wearing a sweatshirt. And then after that, you're excited when spring comes. You know, it's track season. It's, it's, it's baseball season and people are out there compete and now we see the sun because we're living in Wisconsin here and those winters kind of get long and you get outside so it's awesome Jacob you can just tell he loves to compete 
And I bet you that carries right over to his weight workouts as well. When you were working out with him at Sports Advantage, Brian. Well, Dean, I think the, the cool thing that he brought up was that he learned um, about failure in different ways, you know, and how to overcome it, you know, and, and as a baseball player, we know that if you hit 300 in the major leagues, you're in the hall of fame, that's three out of 10, you know, and, and baseball is, as many people will attest to is a game of failure. Okay. Um, and so learning how to adjust in different scenarios just gives you more armor. You know what I mean? As a, if you are a baseball player and so like shutting off other sports, you know, can be a huge mistake because we always talk about, you know, learning how to be successful. And, and we've talked about, you know, learning how to play your role, you know, maybe in a sport that you're not as good at things like that. Never really talked about how to overcome adversity, you know, in different ways. Cause as you know, football, there's a lot more adversity um, from a soreness standpoint, from a, you know, physical demanding standpoint than maybe a sport like basketball where you're not getting hit um, or a sport like golf, you know, where that's so mentally um, draining. And, and I, you know, we talked, I can't remember who was our golfer that um, who was the golfer Dean that we had on Sarah, right? Sir, yep. Yeah. Talked about the mental approach to golf. Um, and even Sam Hauser a little bit when he was talking about it, you know? Um, and so playing different sports, not only teaches you all the good things that, that you need to develop, but it also teaches you how to overcome adversity in different ways. You know, as a pitcher, you give up a home run. You're used to doing that because you've probably done it since you've been 10. You probably have a process that you go through when you walk a batter, things like that. But putting yourself in different scenarios to challenge yourself physically and mentally, you know, that's really something we've never really talked about for multi-sport athletes. And it's really something that can help sharpen your edge, you know, as you do it. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt about that, Brian. And it was, it was great. You know, Jacob had so many, so many good things. You can tell he's learned from so many different coaches and shout out to his dad. Rick, Rick is phenomenal, phenomenal parentship. Rick and Joe both big shout out to them. Absolutely. Because, you know, he, he gets it. He's a high school sport, but you know, it just seemed like there wasn't a situation there where he was overbearing you know, as a father with some fathers, you know, let's be honest, go, get over the top. Yep. You know, they, they, they wanted, obviously they love their son or daughter, but they want to do everything they can to set them up for some success. However, some people we know will take that to a whole different level, but it was a, it was a, a level that uh, for Jacob, that it was a good fit for Jacob. Right. And I think that's important to understand. And when you have that support as an athlete from your parents, I think that's a huge competitive advantage. And it was great to see Jacob talk about that, the influence that his parents had as far as his athletic development and, you know, those coaches that were a part of his success too. And, and Dean will get, get into his last topic here of, of, you know, his favorite exercise for injury prevention and (laughs) love it, Brian. Oh, you know, and I, yeah, I'm glad that he, that we got to talk about this with him because this is a a problem in in training and in strength and conditioning, and that's the issue of low back um, weakness, strength, fear of hurting the low back, things like that. Let's let's be realistic. Most athletes' low backs are too weak to handle the demands that they're put under, and so how we handle it is we train it aggressively. 
And we tell our athletes, we have guys, we have division one college athletes. We have NFL players that come in with low back weakness that we put on the reverse hypers. And, and this is going to be a plug probably for a couple minutes of the reverse hyper and how important it is. And if you're not using it, um, how you're missing the boat and you're putting your athletes at risk, most athletes shy away from training their low back because they do get sore. And if you've ever listened to any of Louis' talks, there's such low blood supply um, to that area that you have to force it in there through volume and load and extension and flexion. Um, if you're not training the low back, you're setting your athletes up for injury and risk of injury. And so I go back to it. So many people, you know, they, they, they get done with the season. They come back in, right? Everybody's excited and ready to train. And right, Dean, they get in December or January, the off season starts and they get in, they get a couple squat workouts in. Oh, my low back is so sore. Well, your low back is weak. That's why you're having soreness. Okay. Can't handle the demands of what you're putting it under. So you have to train it. And yes, doing the reverse hyper will make you sore if you haven't done it. Okay. You'll be sore for a couple of weeks if you haven't done it. But I could say this, we don't have low back issues in our gyms. We don't have low back issues in our schools. And that's a lot of athletes, Dean. Okay. We focus on attacking the areas of weakness. And Jacob came to me and that I remember that day vividly. He could hardly bend, bend over. And then he had to ride in the car for a couple hours. And like he said, he had to go back to seven on seven, which he could hardly move. You know, I remember talking to his dad brought him in, got him on a reverse hyper. And he was worse when he got off, you know, because he was so sore. And then again, we're attacking the areas of soreness came in the next day, did it again. I remember the third day he was like, coach, I I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. Do it again. We did it again, do it again. Then it became part of something that he does. He's trying to figure out ways that he can do it on his own. Now, everybody movement is medicine for your athletes. Movement is medicine. They're going to get sore with new activities. They're going to get sore with areas of weakness that they have because it's untrained to the level that you need it to be trained at to prevent injuries. You have to attack those areas. You can't shy away from them. Athletes, suck it up a little bit, okay? Those areas of weakness that your strength coach, your football coach, your basketball coach, or whatever is, it, is having you do, they're doing it so long-term, you're on the court field, pool, whatever, longer. So you got to do those. You got to train the areas of weakness in order to prevent longer, more catastrophic injuries. So far, you know, being at the high school level for so long, <laughs> you love this reverse hyper, but I, I cannot think of a sport that probably fears the weight room more than baseball. And just that you look at who's hitting all the home runs right now. Major League, you know, where's the excitement right now with the New York Yankees and Judge? Oh, I mean, it's these guys lift weights, and we got to get out of the 30 years ago philosophy that it's going to hurt pitchers and it's going to hurt overhead athletes and baseball players. We have to get out of that mold. And if you're a coach and you're a high school coach and you're not lifting your kids, in season and they're a multi-sport athlete or just just a baseball 
athlete baseball player only, general. Yeah. You're doing yeah. them a disservice, Brian. Yes, absolutely. And we know that. And uh, Jacob just is what he has talked about and how weight training has helped him. You follow Eric Cressy. He's with the New York Yankees right now. He is a known guru of strength and conditioning for the sport of baseball. And he will tell you that pitchers, you want to throw more velocity, faster, fastballs. You want to increase that velocity. You need to gain lean muscle mass. And you gain lean muscle mass by nutrition and training. Yes. Lifting and doing it the correct way. So it's very important athletes out there that if you're not training in season and you are not hitting those weights hard, you are just putting a governor on your body as far as increasing your athletic performance and decreasing your chance of injury. Yeah. You know, I think, and we've talked about it before, and I want to say this again. Why would you put so much time in the off season if you're not going to train in season? That that makes no sense. You're wasting your time. You're really wasting your time because after a week and a half or two weeks of not training, all right, you start to regress. All right. And whether you're a basketball player, a hockey player, a football player, a sprinter, a jumper, you know, baseball, a thrower, Fox Valley throws, you know, those guys that fire it. Um, If you are not continuing to develop in the weight room, and that doesn't mean just maintaining either. That's trying to get stronger during the season. It's possible. Trust me. I've got the data from three years at Wisconsin and at Sports Advantage to show how kids can get stronger during the season. You have it too. Yep. If you are not doing that, you're going backwards, which means your body has to work harder to produce the same amount of force, speed, all the other things that go into playing your sports. So if you're a sprinter, your body is working harder, okay, to run faster. If you're a thrower, your body is working harder because it doesn't have the strength explosiveness that it had three weeks ago when it went into the season to throw the shot 60 feet, okay? If you're a baseball player, this is where you start to see injuries. You have to try and over overcompensate for what's going on in a negative fashion from a strength development, okay, to throw the baseball as hard as you can or to swing the bat as hard as you can. That's why guys get zippers in their arms, and that's why guys blow their backs out in those sports. You have to train in season. If you're not doing it, you should stop being a strength coach because at the end of the and if you're a sport coach in high school and if you're not making your kids train during the season, yet you're pushing them to be in the weight room for four days a week in the offseason, you're doing a huge disservice for your kids. Now I'm fired Brian, up. You said, it, you said it exactly because it's still occurring out there with some sports. And you are seriously doing a huge disservice if you are not training in season. And a lot of these looks, at least at the high school level, are multi-sport athletes. And you have to think of the long-term health and the development of the athlete. And if you're not sure how to run an in-season program, you need to reach out and work with your strength and conditioning coach or another sport coach that has got a good reputation of a good in-season program. But don't be the person that just ignores it. Hey, we need more practice time. You know, weight room is part of your practice. Yes. And you have to understand that, coaches. You're not doing it as punishment. If you're doing it as, oh, I have to do this in-season workout, and you're not showing the importance of it to your athletes, you're not going to get the buy-in. And, again, you're doing a, a huge disservice. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that for 
dazed, you know, but yes. anyways, anything else you got? I got, we got, you know, I know that this is going to air on Sunday, but we got ripping Red Hawk football. The Red Hawks are four and oh today. They play Grinnell. Um, I'm fired up for that, man. We got some good stuff going. We got Fox. What do we got for Fox Valley throws? When are we going to fire it again? Fox Valley throws. We still got um, some Sunday sessions. We got four more Sunday sessions starting tomorrow. So that'll take us right to Halloween. And it's just great to get out there and be able to be outside and throw. And this one's going to drop during the Packer game. So this, this episode is going to drop during the Packer game. Packers are in London. Um, so that's going to be, that's kind of a change. Yes, it is. Looking forward to that, Brian. Just watching a little football that early in the morning. And and uh, one quick shout out. You know, we have Lewis Carell on. And anyone that's been on our Instagram, we've been putting a lot of Lewis's quotes out there. And he's such a great motivator. He's got so many good things. If you're not following him on Twitter, Instagram, please do. If you're not, make sure you're following Get Your Edge because he has been putting a lot of great material out there. But I just want to go over this one. This one really hit me more than a lot of the other ones, and they're all great messages. But I just want to put this one out there for our listeners because it really hit home as a high school coach for me. So I'm just going to go over it real quick. He said there's something to be said about the players that don't get to play, and they keep a great attitude. They keep working as hard as they can. They're still the best teammates. Just letting you guys know that you're setting yourself up for a starting position in your career that you'll be very successful in. And Brian, I don't know what you think of that, but it is a great example throughout my coaching and teaching experience. Those people that are great teammates, whether they're on the scout team, they're the last person on the bench, they're cheering their team on. When they graduate, they go on and they are super successful. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, Brian. Love teaching, love coaching. And it's a great quote from Lewis is obviously at the college level. I'm at the high school level. You're in the private sector. But kids, parents, everybody understand no matter what kind of success your team has during the season or your individual the athlete has the big picture is you're going to be successful if you can go ahead and be a great teammate heard it heard it that's fantastic lewis has got great stuff and um i'm gonna reach out to him this week we got a couple things that we're actually going to talk about so i'm looking forward to um, connecting with him again uh great individual but that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the get your edge podcast um, before we, before we shut her down, uh, those of you in the Oconomowoc, Waukesha, Milwaukee area, our new sports advantage opens January 1st. Uh, we've got some meetings in that area here the next couple of weeks with some different programs. We are very excited to bring our methods, um, to that area into a great location where the, where the, the dock hounds play. Um, and that's going to be a real special location and it's going to, going to be awesome. So we're really looking forward to that high school kids. You got one more week of football. Let's get her done. Let's finish it up, get into the playoffs, stay healthy. Coaches keep pushing those kids, sending the right messages. And, uh, we will see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>